Happy New Year again. So the holidays are over. Did you all survive? More importantly, did your families and friendships survive? We smile and chuckle a little because we all know the strains and that the Christmas season brings to just about everyone in our personal lives. We know that the old sore spots in our most cherished relationships tend to come out this time of year, whether we want them to or not. It's almost a test at times, isn't it? A test of our patience and wit, of our perseverance and our love. I just returned from a trip to Southern California with my family, and it would take all morning to unpack the dynamics we wrestled with while simply visiting Camp Snoopy at Knott's Berry Farm. We had a good time, for sure, but we encountered the frustrations of conflicting agendas and close proximity, all those things that a long road trip brings to bear in a family. And that simple fatigue that gives rise to my son's teenage exasperation with his parents, even though he's only six, when things don't go the way he planned or expected. I think that's my gene, by the way, but we can talk about that later. In those moments, my wife and I turn to each other with that worried look that wonders what he's going to be like when he truly is a teenager. Some of these episodes will become the stuff of family lore, like the time I wandered off in a shopping mall, leaving my mother frantically searching for me. I imagine many of you have similar memories from your own childhood that your parents like to tell, or ones you remember about your own children, those unplanned gifts, if you will, of anxiety your children left you that never quite depart memory after many many years. As someone said to me recently, it's incredible that any of us survive to adulthood, whether despite our own foibles or the natural mistakes of our parents. It's so appropriate then at the end of the Christmas season that we get a gospel like the one we have today of a lost Jesus in a direct head-to-head with his parents and family over where he's supposed to be and when. A moment we all know in our own lives, perhaps from when we ourselves were young, aspiring adults, or when our children were. That this old familial conflict is older than we are, older even than the Holy Family is old. It's among the most human of moments, and it reminds us of the inevitability of conflict in every family, every community, every household we inhabit. It's also a direct challenge to part of what one of our members calls Episcopal personality disorder. The tendency in our Christian tradition to avoid conflict when our agendas don't align or we find our gifts not in lockstep with those of our sisters and brothers in Christ. Our habitual tendency to avoid conflict makes us passive or even passive-aggressive at times. How refreshing, then, that we are reminded that Christian communities are not above the dynamics of the Holy Family. The tears and annoyance that comes with 
authentic human relationship. The irritation of working alongside each other in close company and the challenge of moving through conflict with the grace that we have inherited rather than shuffling it quietly off to the side and pretending somehow that it's unholy. Conflict, too, can be an avenue of God's action in our midst. How true this must be for us if it was true for Jesus, Mary, and Joseph on the way home from Jerusalem. This is the only snapshot we have in scripture of Jesus' adolescence. I can imagine he's grown by this point out of the wooden toys littered around the floor of Joseph's carpenter shop in Nazareth. Maybe a project or two of his own are sitting half-finished on the shelves or in a neglected corner of the room. Jesus, like most budding young adults, is trying to find himself amidst the inheritance he has received. And perhaps that creeping sense that his calling is far from the lathes and chisels of Joseph's craft. What's also fascinating is what the author of Luke omits. What was Jesus' relationship like with Joseph, really? Joseph, who by all accounts was a devoted husband and father to his family, must have wondered at times, too, the mysterious way the child had been conceived and everything that had happened since then. Did Joseph ever feel sidelined, if not by God, then simply by the strangeness of the situation? Or did he jump in with both feet, as tradition has it? Mary, after all, calls him Jesus' father in today's passage. And did he nurture Jesus very much as his own, an adoption out of love and respect for this precious life growing up in their midst? Perhaps none of those questions really matter. Because at very least, Joseph, like all fathers, must have experienced the strange disconnects that we encounter with our children as they get older. The impatience they must feel at being constrained by family custom and tradition that we are sworn to uphold. Even so, that insatiable desire to spread their own wings grows inside until it wants to burst out beyond the established boundaries of their parents. Mary, no doubt, has been watching her firstborn son carefully all these years. We can remember her treasuring the strange portents and encounters that marked his birth. We can imagine her anxieties and brooding over what this child will become as he grows into a man, as he sheds the innocence of childhood and begins to assert his own identity. How does she discuss with Joseph the peculiar identity he is destined to carry? When does he cease to be their child and truly become God's child? And do they have any say in the matter? It's a great and mysterious thing that Mary has been honored by Christian traditions as Theotokos, the God-bearer. 
for Mary, like all mothers, will never quite be able to see her son, even if he is the Son of God, as anyone other than her child, too intimately a part of her for words. So in the brief pithy dialogue of today's gospel narrative, we can hear the enormous emotional weight behind the words, the predictable struggle Jesus, as he discovers, as all young adults must, that they seem scarcely understood by their parents. The pain in Mary's voice as she holds back the tears of her anxieties and her worst fears when Jesus was not to be found amongst the entourage of relatives headed home from the annual pilgrimage to Jerusalem. Perhaps even Joseph's muted but powerful presence worried, a bit fearful and angry even, for his wife's emotional state and the precious life he has sworn to protect. This is the story of God sanctifying those hardest of moments in families when we must articulate, no matter what age we are, when we must assert, even, our own unique identities and callings. And doing so somehow shatters or rearranges the old way of being in relationship, the old way of being a household together. And this is good news that God sanctifies in Christ those difficult times in our walk together as families and communities. When conflict erupts even in the most carefully monitored and tended of relationships, because the spirit must move and we must grow beyond the nest, beyond the careful boundaries of our inheritance and expectations. It is that tension that we get to call holy today. Holy because it is a tension that the Holy Family inhabited. And for whatever reasons the author of Luke concluded this story, one of them might be that this tension is a given part of our lives together in our families, whether made by blood or by baptism. And it's a reminder that God embraces our full humanity in relationship, even when we're tired and exasperated with one another and the children are restless or have wandered from our closely held agendas. This is perhaps most importantly among the first parts of our very human lives that Christ redeems and gathers it into God's heart as we bring it together as an offering into the house of the divine. And in doing so, perhaps we too grow a bit in wisdom and divine favor. Church of Our Savior, Mill Valley, California. We are a growing, welcoming community 
for those seeking to deepen their relationship with God and to journey in faith with God's people through the breaking of bread and in service to others in Christ's name. You can reach us by phone at 415-388-1907 or visit us online at OurSaviorMV.org That's O-U-R-S-A-V-I-O-U-R-M-V for Mill Valley dot org. We wish you God's peace and we hope to be able to greet you in person very soon.